0: Hero Nation podcast. My name is Sophia Ansari.
1: And my name is Breck Warren. We are bringing you our fifth episode. Woo! Yes, yes, yes! So, if you want to talk all about Avengers Endgame, all the spoilers, all the reveals, all the insider info, you might have to look elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Because today we're going to be talking about biracial and multiracial superheroes.
0: Yes, and in preparing for this episode, uh, we both... Had uh, a little bit of difficulties, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, even just finding mixed race characters. So we're realizing that they are rare in movies and TV shows. But whenever I was, you know, doing my research, Aquaman kept pocket- popping up. Mm-hmm. Whenever you know, I you know, Google stuff. So that was something that I I kept reading about was Aquaman.
1: Mm. Yeah, and Aquaman is a good example, and it's funny because I never thought of Aquaman as being a biracial superhero until recently just like most people (laughs) exactly and you know it like you said it is rare um but they are out there and when the media shows interracial couples and families you know it's always a good thing Mm -hmm. you know being in a multiracial relationship myself and raising two kids who are also multiracial it's fun and, and sometimes challenging my wife is biracial herself her mom is oneida and her dad is finnish And as for me, I'm just a black dude, as I always like to joke and say. You
0: always say you're
1: just the black dude. I'm just a black dude. (laughs) So I always explain to my kids, daddy has brown skin, mommy has white skin, and you guys have tan skin. You know, everyone, you know... That is represent that is being represented on TV or in a movie. I make sure to point that out to my kids, you mm-hmm. know, especially yeah. when it's someone who looks like us or a family like us.
0: Right.
1: Like I remember when Riri Williams, who is now Ironheart, was right. a star of a run in uh, Invincible Iron Man. And there was a variant cover of issue one, and Riri's standing there without the helmet on, and she got the big curly hair, and you know, I sh- got showed it to my daughter. I was like, she looks like you. And you know, she's like, Well, but she has brown skin. I'm like, but it's still like you with the hair. Right. Aww. And I remember going on a field trip with my daughter who's in four K and she told her friend who had who had seen me before. So kids are just weird, but she told her, That's my daddy with the brown skin.
0: <laughs> Aw. So, yeah. It's like Aww. she
1: saw me, she knows who I am
0: yeah I do I do notice you always like try to point it out to your daughter because mm-hmm. like if I even post something you're like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna show her that you know mm. so I, I do see that you always make it a point to show you know people that you know look like your daughter just to you know build up her confidence let her know that there are people who look like her in the media so I think that's really important yeah. Brack so that's good uh and I know you you know when you were describing you know your family and giving a little bit about your background you use the the terms like biracial and mm. and there's multiracial and so I figured we might as just sort of define it just in case people didn't know um but so multiracial is just you know when an individual is of multiple races and biracial is when there's two races i guess that's pretty (laughs) self-explanatory but just in case people didn't know or were confused um but there's also another term that people might hear and it's called racial imposter syndrome um which is which is basically when someone struggles with their different identities and cultures, and they can't quite figure out how to present themselves to the world, you know. Uh-huh. And and it's because, I guess, because society just likes to put one label on people because we're very uh, binary very like true. that, you know. And so, um, you know, I've had biracial friends who you know might have lighter skin, or you know, you know. D- they might look more more white or more black, you know, mm-hmm. and then that's what people refer them to like as like as that one race, even though that they're both you know right. um and so people might say to someone, "Oh well, you're white because you been act white whatever whatever that means yeah. uh so that's that's an experience that I know I've heard my friends have had to deal with, you know, and even like clients that I've worked with say the same thing um and it just goes to show that. People in general need to sort of broaden their idea of what being black or white or Asian or, you know, Latinx means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, Latinx is another term, Um, it's just basically like the gender neutral alternative to Latina and Latino. So if we say Latinx, that's what we're saying. Um, But, you know, the more, you know, moments, that's what we do here. (laughs) And, you know, but, you know, all of this really affects people because they just want to embrace all of themselves and be proud of their heritage. But again, society tries to categorize you with, you know, such a confined label, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah.
1: And I know because my wife jokingly has referred to herself as a daywalker like blade (laughs) if anyone's ever seen that movie all the strengths none of the weaknesses is how they described him in the movies Uh, with my wife she can pass for white mm -hmm. so she says that most white people just assume she's white but when she's with other people in her tribe they can tell she's oneida Mm -hmm. and as for my kids they go to school with enough diversity i mean we've got asians whites blacks natives latinos and is it latina exes
0: X, yeah Mm -hmm.
1: And even kids from Somalia, you know, yeah, so yeah. they're getting a wider range. And it's amazing to see the parents because so many kids are multiracial. Right. Um, I mean, I have met another black dude who, like to say, from Chicago,
0: Yeah. you
1: know, and his daughter is in my son's class and has been for a while. And yeah, it's just so crazy because they're always around kids like them.
0: Yeah, that's good. And so at
1: this stage in life, they're okay. Yeah. Now my brothers, on the other hand, who are adopted, my youngest brothers, and they're multiracial too. They're actually Native, Black, and Irish. And they pass for Black and they self-identify as Black. Even though I know my mom put them down as white on the cards, you know, we Mm -hmm. had to check for race when she Mm -hmm. was enrolling them for school because my mom is funny sometimes. And she was like, well, there's not enough white kids, so Uh. we'll put them down (laughs) because that is part of their identity. (laughs) And, you know, there's nothing, there's another thing called race switching that people do. Okay. where they identify okay. or de-identify with different parts of the identity. And that's usually for social purposes, because I'm sure most people have heard of the term code switching. Mm-hmm. That just means, you know, how you talk to different groups of people. When I'm at work, I was once told by a client, "Break, you're the whitest black dude I know. <laughs> and I told him, it's because I'm at work. I can't talk to you like I would my guys back home. And some people might feel that they have more opportunities if they play up their white self. I still remember a teacher telling us to use, you know, your your correct grammar when you're on the phone because you don't know who you're going to be talking to. Or even in the movie, um, Sorry to Bother You, mm-hmm. you know, they did. They had this whole thing where it was called your white voice, you had to use your white voice mm-hmm. on the phone when talking to customers. And, you know, again, it's just a coping mechanism for all those different types of things.
0: Right, right. And, the, you know, that sort of thing can have a really you know significant psychological impact on a person because what's happening is they're trying to just grapple with their self identity and they're having to sort of, you know, denounce a part of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, like shove it down deep down inside and, yeah. you know, it, turn that part of themselves off. And so, you know, something that a lot of, you know, biracial and multiracial people will, the question that they'll hear is, Oh, well what are you right like that's the question and it's probably the most frustrating question someone can be asked and and so you know brack i want to kind of throw this back at you but i Mm -hmm. want to ask you you know how do you teach your kids to deal with that when people say stuff like that
1: Mm -hmm. well we raise our kids by helping them understand that families come in all shapes sizes colors and variations you know we celebrate our cultural traditions of which there are many and since we live within the United Reservation boundaries, we're always aware of things going on, whether it be sponsored by the tribe or the school. When they have cultural activities, we just celebrate people's differences. Right. Um, you know, for example, we've been, we've had, we've talked about um, tapping maple trees, and when that's done, you know, the importance of the cross and the United Creation story. Uh, which I might have to put on Facebook because it yeah. is a cool story oh, about yeah, twins yeah. and Sky Mother and the big turtle. And yeah,
0: just, oh, that's cool. It's, just, yeah, it's just cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I once told my wife's uncle, Uncle Bob, I said, I know black, I know black history and culture. I know Oneida history and culture. I just need to learn Finnish history and culture so I can tell the kids that. Right. And Uncle Bob looked at me and said, you know what? I don't know much, much about that either. I need to learn some.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know,
1: again, we just teach our kids that no one, no one person looks exactly the same. I mean, even my kids, you know, they, they, you got lighter tan skin. You got darker tan skin. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we teach them that this, you know, it helps them to be comfortable being themselves. It helps to them know that they don't have to fit in any one box.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I agree with that. And I think that's, you know, that's a really important point that you made is celebrating all parts of you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because how can you know who you are if you don't know where and who you can't come from, yeah. right? So that's why it's so important. So for parents raising biracial, you know, multiracial children, it's important that you, you teach them to be comfortable in their own skin. And you can do that by surrounding your kids with diversity. And like you said, Breck, you guys live in a community that's that's really diverse. Your schools mm-hmm. have, you know, a lot of diversity. So that's, that's great that your kids get to see that because yeah. it's nice that it's nice not to feel like you're alone and it's nice right. to know that there's other kids that look like you. Um, and then, you know, you can also show your kids, you know, diversity in books like comic books and, and yeah. movies and explode, expose them to different types of foods from other cultures too. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, that's great. So all all of those types of things creates an environment of acceptance.
1: Yeah, and just tell your kids how amazing they are. You know, mm-hmm. build up their confidence, and that will help them later in life when they are when they do have to face you know some negative racial stereotypes and messages. Right. Again, luckily my kids haven't been confused or confronted with that. And again, unfortunately, people say mean things. So we might want to build up their confidence now. So in the future, they can respond and educate instead of react with anger
0: yeah exactly exactly respond instead of react and you want to encourage your kids to embrace their cultures and 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 that makes them proud of who they are you know when they can share their food and music with their friends it's you know that's important i remember people coming over to our house and having like my mom's like home like cooked pakistani food and watching bollywood movies with me because i was proud to embrace my culture and share that with my friends so Mm -hmm. it's just it's so important to celebrate all of us instead of like, selective parts of us.
1: Right. No, I get it. I mean, I still look... When, when, when my son went to the museum with his, uh, den, his den group, if you know Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. they broke up into different ages and grades, and they were at the museum, and one of the kids said, that's a wigwam. And my son said... Well, that's a long house.
0: Oh, which yeah. is again it's a
1: part of a night of culture. Right. And he's just, you know, it wasn't mad, it wasn't no, you're right. wrong. It was just, you know, correction, boom, and move on.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And you know, I know you mentioned Aquaman and people might well might might like well what what that does with this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, well the role of Aquaman, who again was one of the good D C movies, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it was. I yeah, liked it. yeah. Yeah.
1: It was played by Jason <laughs> Momoa, who was a Pacific Islander and white. So casting him was a big deal because Arthur Curry's comic book version of Aquaman was uh, pretty white. You know, yeah. the blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. And in the movie, they casted Aquaman's parents, who are played by actors um, Tamara Morrison. And if I'm saying that wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, and he is Moare. And uh, Moari, if I'm saying it wrong again, it's spelled M-A-O-R-I. Um, they're the indigenous Polynesian people of New-, New Zealand. And Nicole Kidman, who everyone knows. But I think it's from Australia.
0: Yeah. I'm not right. mistaken. from Australia. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the movie shows an interracial couple and their relationship is forbidden because she's an Atlantean and her husband is from the surface world. But the theme of the movie speaks to the topics of, you know, mixed heritage and self-identity.
0: Yeah, and Arthur or Aquaman's parents actually tell him like in the movie that his his like his multicultural background is actually his greatest strength. Like how powerful is that? Yeah. Um and that's what makes him the true rightful heir to the throne of Atlantis so what a powerful Mm -hmm. message in that movie and I think this character has meant a lot to people who are from mixed-race families you know because the the movie explores what it's like to feel like an outsider and not feel like you completely fit in or or are part of two worlds right Mm -hmm. so it explores the the mixed-race relationships it explores multiracial identity and multiculturalism Mm -hmm. and that's pretty huge for a superhero movie especially a DC movie. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, superhero movies have shown even, you know, if you want to kind of stretch that a little bit, but symbolic mixed race characters mm-hmm. too. Um, so, you know, like if you look at Wonder Woman, for example, you know, she's the daughter of Queen Hippolyta and, and the Greek God Zeus. And mm-hmm. in, in, in the Marvel um, you know, cinematic universe, Star Lord is the son of a human woman and celestial father, right? And then yep. and that's how they describe him human woman and celestial father. That's what it <laughs> and then Captain Marvel, you know, Carol Damers, woohoo, um, is half human, half Kree. you know, so yeah. even super, su- Superman is Kryptonian and he's raised by humans. So a lot of dynamics and symbolisms for multiculturalism, multiracial, whatever, you know, all of that. Yeah. And, and even those characters.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you watch the the CW, you know you got the Flash on TV. Mm-hmm. You know Barry Allen is raised by Joe West, a black guy. When Barry's dad is in jail, right? And Barry often says, you know, that was a great tragedy when his mom died because that's why his dad went to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got a great dad from that. He got he got another great dad from that. Mm-hmm. And then if you're looking for other mixed race characters, then you have Miles Morales, you know, from mm-hmm. Ultimate Spider-Man and into the Spider Verse. You got Danielle, Danny Cage, daughter of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Sorry if you didn't know that those two end up together in the comics. Right? But there Spoiler. you go. There
0: you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs>
1: and then there's mixed race actors who play superheroes like Halle Berry and Catwoman, uh, Zendaya and Spider-Man: Homecoming, Tessa Thompson who played Valkyrie and Thor: Ragnarok. You even got Dean Cain, you know Superman, Lois yeah. and Clark, yeah. and the course Chloe Bennett who plays Quake in the television series Marvel's Agents of Shield.
0: Yeah, and then uh, there's Jessica Alba,
1: Big in Fantastic of
0: Four, yeah, <laughs> and Sin City, uh, mm-hmm. and she she was in Fantastic Four and Sin City, and then uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, you know, in yep. uh, Shazam. So that's yeah. you know that's huge.
1: And then if you really want to go into you know metaphors on the topic of some multiracial characters, you know, look at X Men and the Inhumans.
0: That's true. Yeah, that is true. So there's there you know there is stuff out there for. Anyone who is wanting to add more comic books or toys to their collection, you know, if you're working as a therapist or if you're interested in reading more about diverse characters and those are some great suggestions that we just sort of just listed off right there. Uh, and then, Breck, you recommended a show on Netflix called Miraculous uh, Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. And I watched. Yes. I did watch some episodes and I thought it was cute, but <laughs> my son wasn't so into it. So it's like hard for me to watch anything if it's not on the TV, you know. Yeah. And so he was like, no, he, he just wasn't into it. But yeah. it was cute. I thought it was cute. <laughs>
1: See, and it's a show about a female teenage superhero right. who is it's French cute. and Chinese. So again, boom, right there. Right. And named her name is Marinette Dupain Chang, also known as Ladybug. And you know, she's sort of across so uh, Spider Man and Sailor Moon. 'Cause That's a nice description. Tell, <laughs> yeah, when you when you watch it. Yeah. So she well she wells the power of luck. And the show takes pla this show takes place in France. It's about Ladybug and her friend slash secret crest Adrian, who's also Cat Noir. And it's also kind of funny because Cat Noir Likes Ladybug. Ladybug doesn't like Cat Noir, mm-hmm. whereas Marinette likes Adrian, but Adrian doesn't know that Marinette is into him. And it's just it's just, it's just funny. Yeah, it's cute. And, like you know, that. so again, they protect the city of Paris against a villain named Hawkmouth, who tries to steal their powers by using butterflies that are made of black energy to transform people of the city into supervillains. It's a show that's a cross collaboration between French, Japanese, and Korean animation studios. If you watch, wait until you find out who Hawk Moth is. You know, no, no spoilers for me.
0: Oh man, now I do get to get just finish it up and watch it because that sounds interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to do that then at some point. Um, but yeah, the the show does explore Marinette's Chinese French identity. Um, you know, obviously, it's not the main focus of the show of course but it's not ignored uh, they show her struggling to speak Chinese and and she um, has trouble even communicating with her relatives which I think can be super relatable to a lot of people even yes. those who are like first-generation Americans, like kids of immigrants who who try to balance their American culture versus their parents' culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, having difficulty speaking your parents' language or people will tell you you don't speak it well enough or right. you're whitewashed. And that's something a lot of people like me deal with where we try to balance both but then are judged by both cultures you know um Mm -hmm. and so this show tackles what it's like to go through that you know as a teenager and you know those awkward years and just really (laughs) finding a a balance in life so i think that's where the whole comparing her story kind of like to like the spider-man where he's super relatable teenager Mm -hmm. um comes into play so yeah
1: yeah definitely and you know cat noir's character tries to deal with his dad's high standards and perfectionism and I know that could be relatable to a lot of people as well. Right. You know, it's a show that's good for all ages. It's really family friendly, and therefore, if you want to show it, you know, to a client or, you know, to a classroom or use it as an example, you can. You know, yes, it's pretty innocent and fun. Right, no
0: exactly. That's the thing. It's a it's a great recommendation. Um, because I think I think sometimes when we do these episodes, maybe sometimes the things we talk about are not like really family friendly sometimes, yes. you know. Yes. And so it's nice when you can get like something where the whole family can actually um sit down and, and watch it and then yeah. and then, you know, we um we mentioned how, you know, like I said, like she's very similar to like the Spider Man, you know, mm-hmm. Peter Parker kind of Person, so of course, then that kind of segues into Miles Morales. We have to talk about him.
1: (laughs) I mean, the Spider Verse got an Academy Award, so we gotta bring it. Yeah, we
0: gotta. You're right. I
1: mean, it's kind of hard to ignore that.
0: Exactly. Now,
1: for those who don't know, Miles Morales is a biracial superhero, black and Puerto Rican, has spider based powers like Peter Parker, and was created by writer Brian Michael Bendis and who you know wrote so many stuff right. and artist sarah pocelli in 2011 so miles morales first appeared in ultimate fallout number four which was back in august after peter parker dies so again he possesses power similar to the original spider-man and hand strength agility he can stick to walls, ceilings with his hands and feet has a spider sense that warns him of danger Um, he also has a camouflage thing where he can kind of turn invisible and what he calls his venom blast, but he's not as strong as the original Spider-Man because it only, you know, his spider sense, I should say, is not as strong because it only warns him of, you know, immediate danger where Spider-Man would be like, oh, something's falling or, oh, I'm about to walk in the room and, oh, it's a surprise party, but spider sense is still going off. (laughs) And a fun fact is, uh, Bendis was actually inspired by Donald Glover who people know as Childish Gambino if they're into rap. And when Bendis was thinking about the the way the character of Miles would look, he thought about the image of Donald Glover from an episode of Community. And the episode was called Anthropology 101. And Donald Glover's character, Troy, was wearing Spider-Man pajamas. And, you know, this was all a part of Glover's campaign to actually play Spider-Man because at the time, Woof studios were looking to cast a lead for the amazing Spider-Man movies. What they eventually get that wrote Andrew Garfield and right. Ben just thought, you know what? He looks pretty great and had a mind when writing Ultimate Spider Man, which is basically a modern retelling of the Marvel Universe.
0: Yeah, see that's a really cool factoid. I know, and I know I said eh, to Andrew Garfield, but I think I would have liked to see Donald Glover, <laughs> but but no, that's that's a that's really an interesting like fact. And yeah. and community is it it's a good show. I've actually just started mm-hmm. watching it because uh one of my shows like ended Unbreakable oh. Kimmy Schmidt, which you need to watch, Brack, because it I, is so funny. I know
1: you mentioned it. Before. You always
0: say you don't get it, like you like you're like I don't <laughs> understand the appeal, but you gotta watch it. Um, gotta give so, it a shot. Okay, um, but yeah, no, it's that's um, Community is a great show. So now when I watch it, I'm gonna look out for that episode. You said it was Anthropology 101 oh, or something. Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna watch that now. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: See. See. And another fun fact is. That Glover didn't did end up in Spider-Man: Homecoming, where he plays, you know, Uncle Aaron, yeah, aka Aaron Davis, you know, and in the movie his character is talking to Peter, well, talking to Spider-Man, I should say, because he doesn't know, and mentioned that he has a nephew, so it's foreshadowed, you know, in the movie that Miles is out there,
0: right? It was nice foreshadowing there. So Mm -hmm. yeah, he did get to have his little, you know, his. His cameo or yeah. his, yeah. So, and then he also makes a secret cameo actually in the Spider-Verse movie, um, which is really interesting because you have to really pay attention, but there's a scene where Miles goes to visit his Uncle Aaron at his apartment mm-hmm. yeah. and the the TV is on. And if you look really closely, there's that episode of Community with okay. Glover wearing his Spider-Man PJs on the TV. Did you notice that? No, or, i have to go see, back and look you at go it back again and, and
1: yeah, see, just so many Easter eggs in this I movie. Know. <laughs> you know, and it was actually Glover who initially voiced Miles back in the Ultimate Spider-Man animated series, season three, which was called Web Warri- Web Warriors, excuse me. And he's a great character, and the movie was great. You know, my kids loved it. We took them, you know, the Thursday night showing, you know, so they could see it right away. Basically, because I was hyped about it and wanted to go see right. it. And they ended up falling in love with it, too. Yeah. And I just like how they did not make Miles' background, you know, the reason behind conflict. Right. Just focused on what he had in common with the other characters and highlighted how important teamwork and community is. I love that he spoke Spanish. You know, he would switched back and forth between English and Spanish. He was walking down the street.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you noticed, the movie didn't have subtitles. And that was because the creator said they just wanted to show that it was just the fabric of Miles' community and family life. And it was just great how both parts of his cultural identity were very present.
0: Yeah, actually, I love that too. And I'm, I'm glad that they didn't use those subtitles because, I don't know, I feel like that would have just taken you outside of his world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was just nice like to get a sneak peek of him just you know walking down the street and just talking to people yeah. and just being him. And, and, and also, you know, people will notice um, that they had different spanish accents you know in the movie because uh you know accents actually you know they change generation from generation and i can definitely vouch for that because when i'm trying to speak like you know Punjabi, my accent is very different from you know like my cousins in in pakistan right because i've got my american accent too and so that's kind of so um so i like that it was just it was details like that that just made the movie like so authentic and so relatable
1: Yeah, and another character we could mention is Green Lantern's Kyle Rayner, who is one of my favorite Lanterns. And he actually has an Irish mother and Mexican father. Now, the storyline does show a little bit about how he struggled to find out who he really was, because he never really knew his dad. So he ends up using a lot of resources to find his dad, and traces his DNA and ends up finding out his dad was a Mexican-American CIA agent. Wow. And then there's Damien Wayne, Aww. a.k.a. Robin. Yes. So, the son of Batman, Natalia Agul. Natalia, of course, being the daughter of the supervision Raj, or what, how do they pronounce it? It's not Raz. Yeah, Al- Raz. Yeah, there you maybe. go. Raz Agul, who is Moroccan. And her mom was Chinese and Arab. And over the years, Damien's skin color has been darker for the most part, like in Teen Titans Rebirth. And then in the DC animated movie, Son of Batman, you know, he wears traditional Arab clothing. In the Teen Titans annual, he saves a Lebanese immigrant's restaurant that he goes to a lot because he said it reminded him him of home. Mm-hmm. So they addressed that part of his identity being important to him.
0: Yeah, we're we're mentioning this because uh, DC Comics recently they released. I think it was yeah it was this month April um super suns the polar shield project so mm-hmm. that's a z- that. so that's a zoom imprint for kids and we'll we'll post a picture of this cover but so basically there was controversy behind that because what they did is they made Damien white and uh-huh. not only that but they oh my gosh they Changed his name to Ian.
1: It's trash. It's trash. (laughs) trash,
0: So just toss it. Just toss it. Uh, And so that was just, I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, You know, and and, you know, that's just a big blow too, because the, the, so the name Damien, it is a, Uh, a common so it's like a greek name but there's a lot of arabs who have that name and um even muslims that have that name damien and so people um, which damien i guess translates like the the translation of damien is to tame Mm. um and so so, obviously, even with that, there's a lot of meaning, right? Because, you know, yeah. the son of Talia and, and Batman, right? Yeah. So, and you, we know how he it was. And, and mm-hmm. so, to tame, that was kind of like the perfect fit. So, yeah, changing his name to Ian. Uh, and so people were like, you know, why are you whitewashing Damien? Yeah. And. I was looking at the pictures and oh my gosh when I post the the thing you guys will see but they just completely erased his heritage Uh, and uh you know I don't know next to next to Miles Morales like having Damien look biracial and of course like you said like Damien, you know, role. He, he was Robin, right? So, yeah. big deal here. Mm-hmm. But having a superhero mixed race kid like Damien is a big deal for yeah. kids. I mean, Robin, right? And so, when you, you mentioned that, you know, in that one, this, the one story arc, you said that um, he really embraced that part of his culture. He always went to that Lebanese restaurant. And mm-hmm. I think you said, I think you said like it was a, a tea or something. Yeah, I so know we, we were talking. That yeah. Loved, yeah that, that, reminded that reminded him, him of like his Arab culture, yeah. right? And so, I don't know. It was just like a, a great teaching moment moment that if you're multiracial that you're the best of both and all worlds. The best of Mm -hmm. both your parents. Like I love that they had that but then they just I don't know what they were doing in this Polar Shield project thing by just whitewashing him.
1: It's trash. (laughs) Don't say it again. Don't even (laughs) have his name right. Trash. Exactly. Trash. The Damian whitewashing (laughs) also reminds me of how they rebooted Batgirl at one point. You know she was half Asian. They changed her to back well, back to White, back to Barbara Gordon. And, right. You know, we've seen him with the second Green Arrow, who again is one of my favorite Green Arrows, mm. Connor Hawk. Yeah. And Connor's background was that his mother, Sandra Moonday Hawk, you know, has a black father and a Korean mother, and his dad is Oliver Queen, who is white. No offense against Ollie, but love me some Connor. Right, and then you look at the, con- you know, at the comics. Like in Quiver, he looks totally white.
0: Oh yeah, I saw and that.
1: It's like, come on, man, what am I? What am I ah. So <laughs> it's just an example of progressive lightning in comic books, and of course, many, many more are out there.
0: Yeah, there's there's actually a great uh, short comic called Lighten Up and it's by uh, a guy named Ronald Wimberly and it shows the importance over these slight coloring differences that they do in the comic books Mm -hmm. uh, where they're basically just, you know, whitewashing these characters. And um, so I'm going to, you know post that link on facebook of course but i think this conversation kind of then sort of takes us down into a whole other episode on on whitewashing so maybe that will be our yeah yeah, another episode because yeah they're definitely like erasing these like characters like the other part of like their heritage and their backgrounds i think that would be a great episode to, to kind of explore
1: more on whitewashing yeah i think so i think so yep and I was just thinking about, you know, how and when we were coming up with that list of biracial characters, how hard it was. Yeah, you know? it was. <laughs> we were trying to come up with movies, and then I was thinking about the controversy over Emma Stone's a multiracial character in the movie Aloha. Right. You know, Stone, who's a white actress, plays a half-white, quarter-Chinese, quarter-native-Hawaiian <laughs> character.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you
1: know, this kind of casting is exactly what feeds into the belief that I must not matter because I'd never see people who look like me. Which is sad. Yeah, it is. You know, the media needs to understand that when multiracial people see themselves represented in the media, let's know that they are not alone and that they do exist and they do matter
0: oh yeah for sure because like Emma Stone is like the whitest like white chick you know and then when they casted her for that like what you know Uh, I I haven't seen the movie but it did it did flop I'm pretty sure so you know there you go I wonder why you know or just (laughs) yeah there you go so and then uh, earlier you know we mentioned actress Chloe Bennett Uh, Mm -hmm. so she plays Quake on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and she actually I was reading an interview of hers but she actually changed her last name so her last name actually isn't Bennett her last name is actually Wang Uh, Mm. and so she said that she changed her last name to Bennett because she became really frustrated because she wasn't able to get any acting gigs so you know Mm. she sent in her resume or whatever Chloe Wang and and she wasn't getting any acting roles and then so she then she changed her last name to Bennett which is it's actually her dad's first name and then she said that's like when she started getting acting roles was exactly that moment I know, that's really sad. Yeah. So she had to do that race switching, you know, that you talked mm-hmm. about earlier, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and again, you know, that's the issue with Hollywood that needs to be addressed is that Hollywood needs to pay attention because multiracial Americans are actually, you know, they're growing at a rate that's three times as fast as the population as a whole, right? So it's like yeah, a, yeah. A, a growing population of the United States. So if that's a huge making up a huge representation of the united states then the media needs to represent the audience so important
1: yeah and that's why we you know always keep giving a shout out you know to these characters you know if there's a character you love that we didn't mention make sure to give them a shout out on facebook on our facebook page send us a message so we can include them in the in the you know in a future episode
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we just wanted to sort of, you know, like you said, give a shout out to some characters in this episode and maybe delve a little bit more into why some characters get whitewashed and what the meaning of that means even. So we'll definitely talk about that uh, in our next episode. And I just want to, you know, leave you guys with a quote from Mira from Aquaman. Uh, I think they were on a boat in that one scene. And she tells him, you know, she says, you think you're unworthy to lead because you are of two different worlds. That is exactly why you are worthy. Mm. So I really like that quote. Mm. Uh, so I hope everyone out there listening embraces their differences because, you know, yes, differences make you stand out, but that's something to be proud of. You know, just remember that you are a masterpiece of many things sewn together by by love and I want you to just embrace your cultures, embrace your stories, and be proud of all of you.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can say. Right. But before we sign off, I just want to remind everyone about an important thing. Yes. In Avengers Endgame. No, no, I'm no, just kidding. I'm just kidding. But seriously, though, next week is free comic book day. So if you've never been to a comic shop, this is a perfect opportunity to do so. It's a bunch of free comic books. You know, in Chicago, I used to go, well, technically, it's in Evergreen Park, which is a suburb, but I used to go to All-American Comic Shops. So if you go on that day, just tell Carl that Changelad sent you. And that was my <laughs> nickname back in the day at the shop. And, you know, maybe I'll include that story in a later episode. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, what is that? I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: And now that I live in Green Bay, you know, I'll be going to Powers Comics and Collectibles. Yeah. You know, and I also order all of my free comic books so I don't miss any from g Comics, which is also in Chicago. So, again, you don't have to buy anything, but there's usually sales. There's signings going on when you go you know, it's just a chance to just walk in. Even if you just want to walk in, pick up, you know, some free comic books and walk out. Right. You know, either way, it's just a good way to support your local comic shop.
0: Oh, yeah. My kid loves it. He knows exactly when it's yeah. coming up. It's just, a, it's, yeah, he has his collection over the years of all his free comic books that he's gotten. Yeah. And he's gotten some good stuff, too, I'll tell you. So. And it's also be...
1: easy to remember the first Saturday in May. Yes. You know, it Yeah. never changes
0: exactly that's awesome so good reminder so hope you guys go out and support your local comic book shops Mm -hmm. and we want to thank you for joining us and we can't wait to bring you more superhero love
1: yes so true thanks everyone